0: there and the rebound comes to Hunwick six ends remain. Tambellini shoots and scores it comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead it, it, do it Makes better, faster,
1: Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. You
0: right Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black cake Moss tonight,
1: play secretary, on the ball tonight, and you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Awesome to Christian and Christian Dior, damn they don't make them like this anymore. I ask this, I'm not sure, do anybody make real d- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness, cause right now that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this fake So go ahead, go nuts, go aching in see in my pastel on my baby Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six, and take this, hater Your radio is on. It's on 88.3 FM. WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor's 24-hour open-minded radio surprise pudding. Licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan, operated by students at the University of Michigan, uniquely maintained as a healthy alternative and a positive influence on the mental health of the Ann Arbor community. You are here. Well, it's time for another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley.
0: And I'm Jim Dwyer.
1: And, of course, a relatively interesting week in the news. Uh, All sorts of...
0: Sex! Sex in the city.
1: No, actually, this is sex in the barracks. Or on planes. Planes, trains... Who knows? Uh, obviously, the fall of Petraeus is uh, an ongoing story, but obviously, the sex here I think is minor compared to the the whole military culture here, the the weird goings on in Tampa. This uh, these social climbers, the cat fight between uh, uh, Miss Kelly and uh, Paula Broadwell. I don't think Charles Dickens could have come up with a a better name. <laughs> Uh Petraeus obviously uh, became a sort of a general rock star, so to speak, uh, during the Iraq War. Uh, he was promoted um, basically to uh, take over the surge. It's kind of interesting by coincidence. I had checked out a book a couple of weeks ago called The Endgame, The Inside Story of the Struggle for Iraq from George W. Bush to uh, Barack Obama uh, by Michael Gordon and General Bernard Traynor. They did some very interesting military historical analysis on the first Gulf War. Uh, Michael Gordon uh, is a military analyst or uh, military uh, specialist that works at the New York Times. And Bernard Traynor has appeared frequently on PBS over the years covering America's many, many Middle East wars. And, of course... Uh, uh, Obama's in uh, Southeast Asia, first time a president's ever visited either uh, Burma or Cambodia. Uh, probably somewhat convenient for him to be gone at the moment with all of the mischief going on. Um, we have John McCain and Lindsey Graham on the rampage about Benghazi. Very strange stuff. And Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan giving. <laughs> Conflicting uh, variations of a the theme on why they lost the election. Well, who cares, <laughs> right? You
0: got after thumped. all that money spent. It was pretty pretty sound thumping too. Well, Ryan concluded that it was uh, urban voters,
1: and I was wondering That's code. Wondering uh, if if he meant he means uh, black people. You mean more people live in the cities than in rural areas in America? Yeah. <laughs> you figured that out finally. <clears throat> uh romney talked about Ecuador wyoming and, with its three electoral votes gifts uh very strange stuff but not surprising this is called the rationalization of defeat uh china new uh leadership there well where to begin
0: the well, middle east yeah there's also uh surprise surprise more uh chaos and turmoil in gaza um Why Israel thinks that uh, IDF uh, precision bombings are going to uh, get rid of Hamas or stop uh, random missiles, Uh, they do this every few years, and it doesn't really stop anything. And, of course, it always coincides with elections. Indeed. uh, Netanyahu stands uh, in January Mm -hmm. uh, will be the Israeli elections, and uh, he's probably hoping there's a rally around the flag uh, effect. Uh, His current political alliance uh, leans toward the extreme right. So, uh, of course, that doesn't play well with uh, the Israeli center, which, like most countries here, certainly, is pretty large. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting that 90 percent, roughly, of Israelis support the aerial bombardment of Gaza, but uh, only 30 percent would be in favor of ground uh, incursions. I heard some late uh, breaking news before we came in today that the Israeli uh, troops uh, poised for this possible ground invasion seem to be uh, more relaxed than last night, the suggestion being that this is not likely to happen for a
0: variety of reasons. Uh, January is still too far off.
1: Well, January is too far off, and there's probably been some... The the usual problem with this whole uh, uh, rocket uh, situation with the so-called Iron Dome and the Israeli response is it ends up being completely disproportionate. And uh, the the, the sands have changed in the Middle East pretty radically in the last couple of years for a variety of reasons. But it's interesting to note that the whole region really is uh, in sort of uh, modified, limited hangout chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, we have a civil war ongoing in Syria. Jordan has had uh, riots in the last couple of weeks over the uh, 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 end of uh, gas uh, subsidies uh, by the government. So gas prices have gone way up. Iraq, obviously... Of course, uh,
0: Jordan also has refugee problems. Yeah,
1: and and many do because... uh, uh, th- hundreds of thousands of people are fleeing Syria as a result. This is very similar to what happened when the United States invaded Iraq back in 2003. Iran has got uh, f- all sorts of problems. Their currency is tanking, uh, contrary to what uh, Mitt Romney said during the campaign. Um, there hasn't been any going easy on Iran. You know, the, the, the sanctions are hurting Iran uh, uh, heavily. Bahrain has a government crackdown. I'm just listing some things that I wrote down right before the show. Egypt and Libya obviously have evolving uh, Arab Spring problems with chaos and uncertainty there. Turkey seems to be the only stable country uh, in the whole uh, region. Their economy is booming. but Well, that's what we pay them for, right? They're suffering from uh, refugee problems. They've had some uh, incidents involving Syria. Their troops are now at the border, a portion of their troops at the Syrian border. Um, It's a mess. And uh, Israel continues to inflame the situation. Um, I think that I've re- uh, heard that there have been a total of three casualties from the rockets, 900 rockets or something. Um, so-called intelligence links these uh, these rockets to uh, Hezbollah. Um, who knows? Uh, there have been drone incidents on many of these borders uh, over the last couple of weeks, including uh, apparently Iran- uh, shooting down or attempting to shoot down a drone. It's a mess. And um, the United States is obviously no longer viewed in the region, I don't think, as a sort of honest broker for the whole Palestinian-Israeli problem, larger problem.
0: Well, that was always pretty much a fiction, probably believed mostly by Americans who read it in the newspapers, uh, Europeans and people who live in the Middle East, uh, probably have known that for years but uh as americans i guess we shouldn't be too surprised that this is what you get when foreign policy is predicated on military spending and military gifts Uh, turkey and egypt uh to uh, and israel of course uh three of the biggest recipients of uh u.s taxpayer dollars and it's not so much that it's infrastructural needs it's military uh we give them the money with the understanding that they will buy military equipment from us with that money yeah of course uh, you build over the decades to the situation of where you know mubarak is intransigent for decades and uh, israel determines uh, aspects of american foreign policy simply by the the whimsical uh, decisions of uh, the current office holder. Yeah,
1: and Israel, of course, has been led mainly by conservative governments. Likud has been running Israel essentially since the late 70s, uh, except for a brief period when uh, Ehud Barak was uh, running the show. I believe he's currently the defense minister. Yeah. So this is sort of. Uh, uh, You know, different parties meeting at the uh, at the shore, so to speak, <laughs> which uh, John McCain and Lindsey Graham don't seem to understand. Israel, of course, has received about one hundred and fifty billion dollars in economic and military aid since the 67 war. What does America have to show for it? Uh, Not much. Uh, no discussion in, of, of this, by the way, in the debt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Debate. Uh Interesting, by the way, that I just finished a book uh, about a couple of weeks ago by Fawad Zherjish, uh, uh, who frequently, uh, he, he works at the London School of Economics and appears uh, frequently as an expert on national public radio. Uh, fascinating to note, by the way, that uh, in 1973-74, following the Yom Kippur War, um, in which the uh, Saudi government uh, embargoed oil against the United States, damaging our uh, manufacturing economy for probably at least a decade, if not longer, and highlighting the problems of uh, America's dependence on Middle East oil, which, of course, has changed over the years. But it's interesting to note that Israel, following the Yom Kippur War, their aid went from about 200 uh 200 million dollars to over 2 billion. So Richard Nixon is at the heart of the massive increase in aid to Israel and that this is mind-boggling, you know. It, Richard Nixon is portrayed as a master of foreign policy, but uh other than Jimmy Carter, you know, it's interesting because Barack Obama has obviously won re-election and some presidents work very uh, very assiduously in their second term to somehow broker a peace in the Middle East mm-hmm. whether Obama does this or not Clinton certainly made uh, a pretty substantial effort yeah and and even uh, you know the one exception being Ronald Reagan he uh, he focused on removing the INF weapons that he put in place uh, at great political cost to Margaret Thatcher yeah. Helmut Kohl and uh, Francois Mitterrand Want to know why the uh, Europeans created the Euro, by the way? I'd go back and look at the uh, fine print involving that dispute that uh, Fox News Network doesn't want to talk about. Oh no, Ronald Reagan was a hero. And, and a saint. And the Republicans, of course, in their post election uh, uh, mm-hmm. circle in which they're pointing guns at each other, continue to talk about the new Ronald Reagan. Who is he? Where can he be found? Uh, Bobby Jindal doesn't seem to stack up. Interesting, by the way, amidst all of this uh, other stuff going on in the Middle East, the Palestinian Authority uh, this past week is prepared to exhume Yasser Arafat to check for poison. Hmm. Yeah, there's. Uh... So, so there's all kinds of very strange things going on in the Middle East. And of course, the Hamas situation. Versus the Palestinian Authority in in the West Bank is an other, another interesting component of the complexities of what's going on. Um, the uh, Hamas, the development of Hamas, by the way, just to throw this into the uh, con- ongoing uh, critique of uh, Israel's foreign policy, uh, they uh, won those uh, 2006 elections um, largely because Israel invaded Lebanon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, where, does this, where is this going? Where does it end? How does it end? That's uh, actually a question that General Petraeus asked about the situation in
0: Iraq. And now he's walking around with his pants around his ankles. Well, yeah, and, of course, uh, that whole
1: scandal is, is fascinating because it seems that there might, may have been attempts to manipulate the election with this uh, whole FBI dude. The shirtless man in Tampa <laughs> um, reportedly uh, is a conservative. <laughs> now, why he informs Eric Cantor uh, the week uh, the weekend before the uh, presidential election about the uh, ongoing email controversy. And my God, if the FBI can snoop into the CIA director's emails, <laughs> there's all kinds of privacy issues there uh, that uh, maybe some Americans might want.
0: Want to examine? Well, I think to the extent that any Americans are paying attention to what privacy they still have left, (laughs) right? uh, Most people just assume that it's gone. You know, your cell phone, your email—they're all permeable. They're all penetrable by anybody who's seriously interested in getting at them. And so only fools would you know, confess personal and private revelations through these formats. But they're so normative now that most people don't think twice about what they put on there, sure. even like Facebook postings and so forth. But if we're going to get interested in snooping around into the personal and private affairs of CIA directors, I mean, let's be honest. How many intelligence directors over the last 50 years haven't? Had a mistress. Well, Uh, Alan Dulles had quite a few. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Remember George, known for it, H.W. Bush's secret mistress that all the media knew about, but Mm -hmm. there was like a sort of a nationwide, you know, shh, don't tell, don't ask, don't tell about H.W.'s mistress, who I believe uh, was in France. Uh, of course, he's a former director of the CIA, and why would anyone besmirch the matronly, if somewhat George Washington-looking uh, figure of Barbara Bush uh, with this unsubstantiated rumor, which apparently everybody knew about, of George H.W. Bush's mistress? So, shall we investigate that now? Well, and yeah, Broadwell turns out to, be, of course, be Buffy the Vampire. Right. Right. <laughs> She's a fitness expert. Um, uh, maybe Paul Ryan's in this loop somewhere. I don't know what kind of weird. Maybe Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut was onto something. Yeah. Well, of course, the most <laughs> Googled search about Paul Ryan during the uh,
1: campaign, interestingly, was Paul Ryan shirtless. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Well, people were laughing at that more than admiring his manly pecs. Of course. Well. Yeah. And he's a phys- physical fitness buff too. Um. Thank you, sir. May I have another? (laughs) Yeah, well, this is going to turn into a a bit of, I I think, almost a National Enquirer comedy at the end of the day. Um, I think that the, you know, the, the weather, you know, there's even now a debate. Should Petraeus have resigned? Or should Obama have accepted his resignation? That's, I guess, more relevant because. It's uh, more of a distraction, I suppose. He than waited a day before um, security accepting. Security risk. But uh, it, it sounds like uh, the real uh, scandal here may be the uh, financial shenanigans going on in Tampa involving Jill Kelly and her so called cancer charity, in which she oh. seems to have been hosting champagne parties for the military and cozying up to all kinds of people. I'm a little unclear uh, how this is going to affect uh, the other general in the case. (laughs) (laughs) His uh, emails uh, seem to have uh, been quite numerous, though the extent of them is still... uh, The jilted lover, is he? No, he doesn't seem to be the jilted lover, although uh, Petraeus' shall we say explanation, though I don't think he's provided one, I think will uh, be quite obvious when we look at (laughs) Yeah, well, you his know, his wife said oh. <laughs> she looks a little bit like Miss Butter. <laughs> this is Butterworth. <laughs> this is Buttersworth. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, talk about frumpy. Um, uh, well, she was you know, the commandante's daughter. You know, uh, Petraeus was a was an ambitious man early on. Apparently, he uh, married a high ranking officials. Uh, well, what's fascinating, I, daughter. I found this out uh, reading the Gordon Trainer book. He got shot in the chest uh, while adjacent to. General Keene, uh retired General Keene, who uh, was one of the architects of the so-called surge in Iraq, and uh, at one point Dick Cheney and Stephen Hadley, high-ranking officials in the Bush administration, tried to encourage General Keene to come out of retirement to take over Iraq. Um, Petraeus, of course, was his protege, but anyway, he got shot in a military training e- uh, exercise, and had to uh, have major surgery on his chest and apparently was so a- anxious to get out of the hospital that he did 50 push-ups to prove to the doctors that he was good to go after two days. So there is a sort of sadomasochistic aspect of Petraeus, but of course he was elevated to this uh, rock star status uh, in Iraq because of his uh, sort of intellectual pedigree, his ability to look at the complexities of the Middle East, he has a PhD in uh, international history, and interestingly, the other general uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but I'll come up with it in a second, uh, is an Arab expert um, who uh, really knew quite—you uh, know—another sort of intellectual uh, type of general. And it's quite clear that the Petraeus generation of generals were far superior to uh, uh, the Bush uh, people that were in charge of the Iraq occupation in the early uh, three or four years there following the invasion of Iraq back in March 2003. Just fascinating stuff about the military culture. The way Petraeus was able to cultivate the media, uh, apparently Mm -hmm. accessible. This is part of the... <laughs> well, during the. In and uh, not the, necessarily the in and out that <laughs> Broadwell took advantage of, uh, he was. Embedded. A, embedded. Of course, now this sh- these shenanigans
0: involving Broadwell actually started when he was promoted to Afghanistan. But. Uh, well, I mean, the media reinvented its uh, sort of media self representation uh, during that first Gulf War with Storm and Norman Schwartzkopf yeah. and the really tightly controlled. Uh, press conferences, and no more of that messy reporters in the field thing that showed Americans the real story of Vietnam that uh, some of us grew up watching on the television set back in the day uh it's all very tidy, all very controlled uh all very uh synthesized in yeah a way. video video game oriented
1: yeah precision bombing' we'll will we'll show you replays of how uh
0: this our high what the tech drone sees as it falls. Our
1: high-tech weapons, yeah. how effective they are and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because Petraeus uh, was was involved in creating a thing called the, in Iraq, when he was sort of given the go-ahead to take over for um, General Casey, who seemed to have all kinds of differences about the, the strategy forward uh, preceding the surge, when late in 2006, following Bush's... Uh, Following the escalation of the uh, of the uh, insurgency and all the problems with the occupation of Iraq that were not anticipated or taken under any consideration whatsoever before the United States invaded Iraq to begin with. But yeah, the Joint... what's it called? The Joint Strategic uh, <laughs> Assessment Team, I think is what it was called. Just fascinating, the collection of people that Petraeus uh, uh, gathered together to... Uh, developed this sort of um, friendliness with the media. I'll just read some of these names here. Uh, Petraeus made McMaster, who's written one of the most famous books about Vietnam, H.R. McMaster, the lead military member of the 24-member group. Ryan Crocker, uh, still in Washington, awaiting Washington confirmation. David Pierce, an embassy political officer, Arabist. Robert Ford, who had become ambassador to Algeria. David Kilcullen... I read a book by him on insurgency, a retired Australian officer who served as a counterinsurgency advisor in East Timor. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And had gone to work on for the U.S. State Department, joined the group. So did Toby Dodge, a British historian of Iraq, Stephen Biddle, a brainy military expert from the Council on Foreign Relations, and Andrew Rathmell of the British government's Foreign Commonwealth Office. On the military side, McMaster was joined by Colonel Rick Waddle, a West Point graduate, Rhodes Scholar, and Reservist who had worked for a South American <laughs> oil company. Derek Harvey, a uh, expert on intelligence. Uh, Major Joel Ray, uh, Rayburn, a Middle East expert who had worked for CENTCOM. And Colonel Martin Stanton, who had extensive experience in the region and the dubious distinction of having been captured by Saddam Hussein's... Uh, forces during the 91 invasion of Kuwait. Hmm. This was the team, the Joint Strategic
0: Assessment Team. Well, it's the new version of uh, the
1: best and brightest. Yeah, and of course, the whole uh, surge, I've always argued has been a little bit uh, phonally presented to the American public. Yes, there was a surge of American troops. Yes, they did a, a, a good job uh, of uh, securing Baghdad, and Petraeus had some innovative concepts involving Protecting the population and uh, um, isolating the insurgents from areas. It's fascinating to find out that America built a 42-kilometer concrete wall in Baghdad, 12 feet high. They had they ran out of so much concrete, they had to start importing it. These, of course, became the expenses of the Iraq War that the American taxpayers are now looking at uh, regarding the fiscal cliff. <laughs> Well, I would say let's put a couple of chunks of the uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall uh, into uh, Lindsey Graham and John McCain's car while they go over the (laughs) (laughs) proverbial cliff while they jump up and down about Benghazi. Now, where the Republicans are going with this whole Benghazi controversy is mind-boggling, but uh, demonstrates that John McCain continues to be a sore loser and
0: unable to find his space helmet. Well, and I suppose it's better that they uh, carry on about that than any you know, mature, serious contemplation about the state, let alone the future, of their own party. Yeah, and it's fascinating to realize when you go back and sort of do an autopsy of the
1: chronology regarding this whole uh, Libya-Benghazi controversy, that it was largely the Fox News network and uh, the Wall Street Journal that were promoting this big theory that there was a cover-up involved with this. I don't see the cover-up here, and I don't really see w- what this is all about. I mean, Condoleezza Rice repeatedly, just to say one, just one person in the Bush administration, repeatedly lied to the public about what was going on. Mm-hmm. I don't remember John McCain and uh, Lindsey Graham calling for Watergate-style hearings regarding 9/11. Now, it would seem to me that nine eleven, which was an attack on American soil, might actually justify... There might justifiably be a, a, a sort of Watergate-style right. hearing into the matter. Um, but, of course, Fox News, uh, the TV uh, network, uh, Wall Street Journal...
0: Uh, Both Rupert Murdoch enterprises. Yeah,
1: not to be confused with Richard Murdoch, the recently defeated Republican Senate candidate in oh, Indiana... Yes. Uh, they were fanning the flames of this Benghazi thing shortly before the foreign policy debate uh, uh, right. in which Mitt Romney and—well, first Paul Ryan and then Mitt Romney—attempted to make this Benghazi thing a big issue that they thought they could score points on. Of course, Candy Crawley uh, had to correct Mitt Romney during the town hall meeting debate about his erroneous assertions regarding whether or not— um, Obama had used the word terrorism, and it's strange that they're talking about this word terrorism. Why would the president of all people of the United States running for re-election downgrade the word terrorism? Right. Just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering this evening. We've seen how effective terrorism has worked for Netanyahu over the week, this last week. Uh, there's always a rallying around the, the 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 flag. I mean, Barack Obama is not a chest-thumper like Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, Smoke them out of their holes. <laughs> Smoke them out of their holes. And talking about the invasion of Grenada where we've, you know, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back militarily. We've invaded a little tiny island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that's got more sheep than people. Bah! Humbug. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't understand the terrorism angle on this. The Republicans are playing this up. Obama didn't use the word terrorism. He was covering this up to uh, be consistent with a narrative that is just so complicatedly foolish. I don't know why Obama would cover this up. It (laughs) makes no sense. Susan Rice was a pinch hitter on a TV talk show on a Sunday afternoon in which she apparently just relayed the talking points she had at the time. I don't know, understand what the cover-up is. Yeah. Explain it to me, John. You're uh, losing me here. <laughs> and while you're at it, please open the pod doors. <laughs> open the pod bay doors, Senator. I think John McCain is that astronaut that... <laughs> Frank. Frank, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Guess... He's gone. Bangs into the the claw.
0: (laughs) Flops around lifelessly in the claw.
1: Oh, boy. John,
0: come home. (laughs) Or at least put that helmet on, indeed. We are, uh, speaking of putting the helmet on, uh, we'll be shifting gears over to Yazoo City Calling momentarily as we prepare down the hall in the musical studio. Have a happy Thanksgiving and just be reassured that the calendar says October, according to our recent headlines, but retailers say it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's been like some, some complaints already, yeah. even from workers in Walmarts and so forth about, it's too early for the Christmas music, It's man. crazy. It's, it's too out too of control. Early. We'll have some critique of that next week on another edition
1: of Gray Matters. Take it away, Jerry Mack.
0: Paranoia is a hipster's disease. Yeah, like I, I was at a party once, you know, in this cemented park out in front of the UN building. You know, and I got drugs, so I split. Then I walked over to 2nd Avenue and 40th.